Money FM 89.3, the best of the afternoon update. Money in the market on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to Money in the Market. I'm Hong Bin Jung. Asset classes follow their cycles and their rise and falls are often unpredictable. On top of equity and debt markets' normal volatility, when there are complex geopolitical events, even commodities come into play. So given how these different assets classes you know, perform this year, what can we expect for 2024? Well, for a 2024 investment outlook, joining us on the phone today is Wan Hao Chung, who is the head of Asian Fixed Income at Principal Asset Management. How welcome to the show. Hi, Nong Ben. How are you? Hello. Okay, so, you know, while it seemed like markets were off to a strong start this year, we've seen a lot of headwinds thereafter. What's your broad market outlook for 2024? I mean, what will the investment landscape look like? Actually, what we've kind of seen uh, into the year end of 2023, we're seeing some of these uh, U.S. numbers actually pop up pretty nicely uh, mm-hmm. into Q3 and there's some momentum into going to Q4. But I, I think where, where we kind of see things going into 2024 is that we still expect a, a softer growth, slow down going to 24, largely led by developed markets as the U.S. fiscal and consumer strength runs out, while the trend lower in, in China, the structural trend, just still continue given what's happening in property and as, as the COVID reopening impact runs out. Broadly, this, this below trend growth is likely to pull inflation lower than mm. by housing and some parts of the labor market. Okay, okay. So what will drive markets next year? I mean, what are some potential headwinds investors should look out for? I think for us, we, we have seen some of this impact of higher interest rates crossing the financial markets. But we think that the, the impact of higher rates into the real economy is, is getting started. There are adjustments on both what borrowers and lenders have to make. The borrowers, both in terms of if you think about where U.S. mortgage rates are, the spot mortgage rates are high, but actually the, where they're refinancing it is actually much lower. And, and same for issuers, right, uh, in, in the capital markets, where they are printing and where they are able to issue in the markets, they have been able to pull out their maturities and issue for, for long data when rates were low. They haven't had to come to the market and that time will come when the cost of funding comes mm. into place. For lenders like ourselves, uh, we think that there will be uh, impacts around how we think about fixed income as an mm-hmm. asset class, uh, where rates are at levels that deserve. We think about allocation, uh, they, they are at levels that are attractive enough to think about long-term returns, and, and also how we think about the use of financial instruments in, in terms of getting income carry versus what we want previously in terms of data and, and trying to trade for price more. All, all these will kind of flow through into the coming years. Okay, okay. What about in terms of China? I mean, I know that China did play a big role um, in markets this year, especially due to its, you know, um, slow recovery and its economic recovery. But what's the growth outlook for China for 2024? And how will that affect global markets? We, we see below trend growth. I, I think it will come in in the forehand though, below the 5% trend. But it's really a gradual measure slowdown. That there are elements of structural and cyclical slowdown. Where we're already seeing some cyclical bounds in this recent quarter as the monetary easing. There's, there's been in, in place for a while now. It's, it's coming into the system. Uh, there are the policies around property over time. 
has, has come to help, and, and also the bottoming of the export impact side on Asia broadly. So we do see a cyclical bounce, mm-hmm. but the structural elements of it are not going away uh, that, that, that easily. But, but it does not mean that we, we expect a, a financial crisis, a deep one, given the, the intent of, of policymakers to kind of shield the property sector away from the banking sector and the LGA, the local government sector. So overall, I think for China, we think on the macro front, uh, we still remain fairly cautious, typically bullish. But on, the, on, on some of the sectors on the bottom up front, we are fairly optimistic, given what they're doing in terms of moving some sectors up the value chain. And, and some parts of the middle, store, middle income stories still remain very much intact. I see, I see. And now I want to zoom into fixed income. So how how did fixed income markets perform this year? Yeah, definitely a year that we everyone, everyone came into the year thinking that the U.S. is going to go into recession and this was really the year of fixed income. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it was uh, rather choppy uh, in, in terms of duration and interest rates. But I think where we are now is that rates look to have peaked. Uh, 50% uh, looks like it's almost done with the hiking cycle. Uh, the other part that's very interesting is in terms of credit, clear outperformer, just given if you basically have done the homework in terms of active management, taking the right credit, and you could sit on the, on the names, credit what we get from the income as well as the spread tightening has been both very beneficial as an investor, as a credit investor. I see. Well, you know, high interest rates, they have been an overarching theme this year in markets. What's the outlook for interest rates in 2024 and how, you know, how will it impact fixed income investments? I think, like I was painting, where we see things going into next year, uh, slowdown, softer growth, disinflation, late cycle for the U.S. economy. And that means uh, thinking about, rethinking about where the Fed and where they'll be and the pots, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a tailwind for duration broadly. Risk feels okay initially as long as the Fed is standing behind as inflation comes off. We see curves deepening and broadly dollar to be weaker initially. And, and as the world touches up with the weakness, then it will turn stronger. So that's how we are thinking uh, the playbook going into next year. Mm, okay. Well, meanwhile, bonds can now generate more portfolio income than at any other time in the past 15 years. And fixed income is no longer a diversification tool. But will that last? We actually think that as inflation moves back to target, this allows the central bank to behave uh, with a reaction function that back to growth focus, right? The correlation between risk markets and fixed income will come back to negative. And this this is what you're kind of pointing out as a diversification tool, as capital protection as markets turn. Mm-hmm. So we, we still believe fixed income will very much uh, go back to what it used to be in terms of the fixing uh, as a safe haven, and, and it can be a portfolio diversifier in this sense. Okay, okay. Then how will fixed income, you know, fit in to the portfolio is fixed income still a safe haven for investors? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think, as I mentioned, inflation. We feel relative confidence that for it to fall. So I, I, I still believe that it's going to be a place for allocation for investors. Okay. Well, then, what are the types of fixed income investments you know most investors are currently looking at? I think we think fixed income as a whole now deserves a rethink and allocation, just given the level of yields now, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think investors sometimes tend to forget for bond investors, you won't have the contractual obligation to be able to receive the coupons, right? Yeah. Uh, it, it is not, uh, it's not a choice as bondholders. So you, you kind of have that right to receive coupons, and that's very important compared to dividend yields. That can be a choice, right? And 
also the current level of yields provide almost long equity like returns in a very long term, right? If you, if you think about long term equity assumptions in the six, seven handle, high quality fixed incomes, parts of it are giving you this kind of yield. So to us, it's, it's very interesting and, and true risk free rates will benefit when the Fed is done in the hiking cycle. And the other part is, is really credit. I, I think even in some parts of the higher market, yes, while we're worried about a slowdown, macro risk to increase, this level of yields can offset part of it, and it, it also is about active management. While the default cycle and default rate can go up, I think a good manager will be able to pick names and, and reduce the default risk to a large extent. Okay, okay. Then where do you see opportunities in the current market environment? I mean, what sectors present opportunities and what sectors are set to underperform? There are a few ways that we're, we're thinking about this. The, la- the, the most important piece is that as rates are, are higher, fundamentals and credit bottom-up becomes uh, more important. So we're looking for names with strong backdrop in these sectors that are low, low leverage in, in general, uh, defensive sectors, whether in utility and healthcare, and, and even parts of uh, uh, sectors that benefit from policy, right? Mm-hmm. Thinking about aerospace, thinking about defense, that, that they will be long-term beneficiaries as, uh, as policymakers tend to focus on, on some of these sectors. On the other hand, we're probably less keen on, on, on some parts of sectors like financials where you know, issuance have been high. A lot of credit investors have, have been involved in, in parts of this market. And, and given the, the slowdown in recession, I think financials can be can be a bit more vulnerable from that sense. And, and the other part are high leverage sectors, sectors mm-hmm. that are due for M&A or very high key parts to come in the, in, the, in, the, in the next few years. Okay. And before we let you go here, how should investors, you know, how position themselves in 2024 and what should their investment principle be? Big backdrop for us, higher rate environment, we focus on income uh, mm-hmm. rather than trying to think about price moves. Uh, access management is important. We focus on fundamentals, low leverage, access to funding. And then we, we want to think about the long term, right? How we think about China rather than thinking about it in always broad macro terms. Look for the opportunities and bottom-up sectors. Look for the long-term strong domestic stories. There are many uh, within our region as well, mm-hmm. uh, in, in, in Indonesia, India. These are web places that we're looking for opportunities. Okay, okay. Well, thank you so much, Hal, for your time and your insights today. Thank you, Humbin. Thank you. You too. We've been speaking with Wan Hao Chung, who is a head of Asian fixed income at Principal Asset Management. I'm Hong Bin Jung, and this has been Money in the Market. Stay with Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.